Welcome to the Hot Sala Cast, the podcast that takes you on an in-depth and behind-the-scenes journey with local Hot Sala and EMS volunteers to hear their stories and get a better perspective on the lives of these local heroes. Now here's your host, Zisha Littman. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another wonderful episode of the Hot Sala Cast. This week's episode, we're kicking off episode two with a very cool friend of mine, very special friend of mine. His name is David Cohn. He is a volunteer with Hot Sala Beit Shemesh. Um, in the local Hatzal organization in Ramat, in Beit Shemesh, they serve Ramat Beit Shemesh, Aleph, Gimel, and and beyond. Um, for those who are familiar with the geography of Beit Shemesh, it's getting quite large. And to have a local Hatzal organization with not only three up now soon to be five ambulances, it's a huge thing. And David, not only is he a volunteer, but he is also he's also one of the um, one of the administrators in the office. So not only does he get to see some cool stuff while he's out taking calls, but he gets to handle a lot of interesting stuff in the back end too. So I'm I'm so happy to have David on the show. So David, what's going on? Welcome to the Hot Seller Cast. How are you? Thank you, Zisha. How are you? Things are great. Baruch Hashem. They're great. We're busy. Baruch Hashem. Busy is a good thing, I guess, in your line of work. In fact, as we're sitting here talking right now. Our guys are out saving a life, literally. Kanainahara. That that's a re- that's really amazing. That's really amazing. Um, so, you've been involved in Hatzala from. I mean, I've known you and I know each other from from around, and I, I've get, got to hear your stories and got to hear some certain things. But you've been involved in Hatzala, not f- stemming back from when you, your time in America, right? Before you moved to Israel, right? I was not involved actually in Hatzala. I was involved in a different community organization, a public safety organization. Really. Um, Worked closely with Hatsala, but was never, you know, an actual Hatsala responder. What's the difference? I worked out of town. I, I worked in Washington and, you know, they didn't really need a daytime dispatch, uh, um, uh, responders in Baltimore. So I really was of no use. Mm. So then, so then what made you jump on the, come and join Hatsala when you moved to Israel? I mean, how long have you been in Israel for? I've been in Israel for seven years. Oh, wow. And it's actually interesting because the first, one of the first few weeks, uh, that I was here, we lived across the street from Asis Mordechai on Nachal uh, Dolev, one of the you know one of the minion factories here in town, and um, one of the then administrators, Matanitsky, came over to me and started schmoozing, and um, we developed a relationship, and he brought me in. That's very cool. So, so now you you said that you weren't really involved so much in Hatzal in the states, but what made you? What made you want to join it here? What made you? What gave you that drive that you wanted to join Atzala Beit Shemesh? I, I don't know that it was Atzala Beit Shemesh specifically. Um, I knew I wanted to be involved in some organization. Um, it happens to be that I had approached a different organization prior to coming, and they uh, they uh, in a position uh, as you know an IT position, mm-hmm. um, an emergency planner. I'm, I'm actually have a degree in emergency management. Really, I'm also the professional, and um, uh, I approached them, and they were not so enthusiastic. So I came here, was looking for work anyway, and uh, met Matan. So I said, "Why not?" And uh, you know, learned about the organization. Um, in fact, it's 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 you know, we'll, we'll, I guess we'll talk about it during the uh, during the meeting here or during the show. But um, the Hatzala um, Beit Shemesh is, is so unique in so many ways. And, um, you know, it's it just like, you know, you have MADA, you have, you have other private organizations here and, you know, no one can really, no one understands 
you know, the, the importance and the the level of comfort that Atal Beit Shemesh gives, because at the end of the day, 99% of our volunteers are American. Mm. Um, but we also have fr- uh, some volunteers in French. We have some volunteers in, um, uh, you know, Israeli volunteers. Um, and we have we have assets outside. We, we everyone, you know, a lot of times people ask us, what's the difference? Why, why do you exist? Mm. That's a very good question. Uh, yeah, well, you know, the answer is, I'm sorry, I, I can't give you an answer. You have to experience it for yourself. Be it, you know, be it, uh, you know, uh, being in labor, a lady in labor, having to show up to your line for a hospital, or someone who's injured, or someone who's sick, right? There's no answer why Hatzalabay Chemish exists. But once someone's eyes, you know, once someone experiences a difference, there, it's it's crystal clear. Oh, 100%. Well, it's like anything, you know, you, 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 you said a very good point. You said when people ask you, why, why do you guys exist? Like, what's the difference between you, you and some one of the other EMS organizations like MADA or something? It, it, it's like, it's like anything in life and in business, in business and in life and anything. There's no real Hidushim. It's just a matter of what makes you guys so unique. What makes your, your, your organization unique and the points that you bring to the table to, sh- to really make you stand out. And I find that, you know, last week we spoke with Moshe Braun, the, the director, and Moshe gave some really good insight into what makes you guys so unique. Um, and speaking with other people around, around town um, and abroad, people don't even know about you guys abroad. Like there's, there's a very unique, like American, like bedside manner and mentality that you guys foster every time you take a patient in the ambulance. And it's something that is really, really special because people want to feel comforted. People want to feel like they're, they're getting taken care of. They don't want to feel like they're being slammed in the back of an ambulance, you know? And I feel like for a price. what for a fee. Yeah, exactly. For a fee. <laughs> um, and oh, I, I trust me, I know. Um, but you know, it's, it's one, it's, it's something that really like when you really understand, you personify what your unique, your unique abilities are, then you can go back and answer the question of what makes us so, what, why, why do we exist? Well, because we do, because we do, and we we're here to help people now. And I, said, I, I just yeah. want to, I just want to qualify, you know, we're talking about, about Mada a little bit. We work very, very well with Mada. We have a very good relationship with Mada. Um, right. and, and, you know, we, we work with them very, very closely on, so, on, in many different areas. So, so for all our listeners who are not in Israel based in Israel or don't really understand, know what, who Mata is, can you give a little, can you explain a little bit about Mug and David Adom and what their role is and how you guys work together? <clears throat> for sure. Uh, Mug and David Adom is a national ambulance service. Um, in the last few years, they've really gotten into first response as well, motorcycle um, you know, first first response, Konanim. Uh, um, I'm sorry, respond. I'm talking for Israel, Zisha. Okay. <laughs> uh, first response, first responders um, who can respond quickly to a call. They've staged many ambulances around the neighborhood that are used simply as first response vehicles um, and to provide a transfer if necessary. Um, we, it does being that Mad is on such a huge level and it covers everywhere in the country. Um, Mazda does sometimes suffer from uh, the inability to respond to calls, especially with ambulances, quickly. So, um, you know, so so that's one of the advantages about Solibay Chambers, having three, three or four ambulances, it's going to be now, um, in the, you know, always in the neighborhood, except when they're in a call, uh, mm. that are, you know, we can provide an ambulance in, in minutes. 
for instance, if you have someone having a, um, you know, let's say they're having a cardiac arrest, um, you know, we can revive them. The best place for somebody to be when they're having cardiac arrest or a stroke or some other serious emergency is the hospital. Um, Obviously. And that means, yeah, but that also means not waiting around for an ambulance to show up for 10 to 12 minutes. One of the, you know, we, one of the other important things of the ability of having ambulances available is that we can, if we need, at the current time, Atsalabich is not ALS or advanced care certified. We're working on it and it's on our, it's on our radar. But when we do, we have to call MADA for one of their yellow ambulances. Um, right. And the benefit of having an ambulance in town is that we can start the transport. Our driver of the ambulance or, you know, or the dispatcher will get on the phone and say, um, all right, we're going to start transporting towards the hospital. Can you have an ambulance meet us? And if Mada happens not to have an ambulance in Beit Shemesh, or it's coming from not too long ago, I went on a call where the ambulance is coming back from Yerushalayim and we're heading to, towards Yerushalayim and mm-hmm. we need it, you know, we need it in the town. So we met down, uh, down the road close to Route 1. It was five o'clock in the morning and oh, wow. we transferred the patient and, uh, you know, everything was good, but it's a huge benefit, a huge benefit having these ambulances here. Wow. That's really interesting. So, so together you, in, in, you guys work together to really save, save lives to really, really working in conjunction. That's really cool. I don't, yeah. do, does it work like that in the States? Does Hatsala, does Hatsala and EMS like work together in conjunction like that? Or are the Hatsala organizations in the States all ALS and have the capabilities to do that? Well, first of all, uh, not every Hatsala organization in the States actually transports either. Really? Um, a lot of them do first response only. Mm. Not a lot of them, a number of them, due to governmental reasons or um, the ability to raise money that they need, or they're brand new and they're just starting out. Um, the big ones, the big ones like um, New York, Baltimore, um, Miami, I'm, I'm maybe not Miami, but uh, you know some of the ones in New Jersey, most of them have ALS. And there's one huge big difference. Here in Beit Shemesh, we have a hospital the closest 25 minutes away. That's true. Um, I timed it last are, week. In, yeah. In, in New York, um, in New York, you know, you, you load someone up back of the ambulance, you're at Maimonides in uh, three and a half minutes. So you're at uh, whichever hospital in, in Brooklyn or Bar Park or, you know, or, right. or Manhattan. So th- there's a huge difference in the way we have to care for patients. Um, for instance, we can't transport a patient. And, I, I, and I'm not sure with the protocols in New York, we can transfer a patient that's they're doing CPR, but you know, it, it could be that in New York, because of the close proximity to the hospital, they can, and they get them immediately into, you know, whatever, wherever they need to go. Um, hmm. So, uh, you know, it, it's, it's really, you can't compare the U S you can compare the level of care and you can compare the, the type of service that you're going to get, but to be able to compare American hot sauce and, and Israeli hot sauce is not, is, is not, you know, it's like tap, talking apples and oranges. We're as close as you're going to get to the American model of Atala. Right. You're not be able to compare the two, uh, you know, piece by piece. That's so interesting. So now you said you have a degree in emergency management. What is Correct. that? What is that? Um, so the degree in emergency management, it's, it's a bachelor's degree. My minor, okay. by the way, is Homeland, homeland Defense. Okay. Um, emergency management is managing the... Uh, the cycle, the, the emergency management cycle, there's five steps to the emergency management cycle. 
starting with uh, starting with um, preparedness. I'm sorry, mitigation, and working its way through through response and recovery. Um, so so each of the five, uh, you know, so uh, we studied each of the five uh, five areas of uh, of emergency management. Um, I, I I was actively involved in a, a congressional um, emergency management uh, during my when I was working for the House Sergeant in Arms for many wow. years, for 10 years. And um, so I, I have a lot of experience in that. Um, I'm a search coordinator here, I was a search coordinator in Baltimore as well for uh, missing persons. And uh, wow. Um, so that, 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 that's all built in. Wow. That's really cool. Uh, have you, what was one of the most interesting things you've ever dealt with, with, with as an emergency manager or how, what's the, so I, I guess the formal term. We um we we actually suffered a. If you remember a few years ago, it must have been in two thousand and. I don't remember, but okay. two thousand eight maybe two thousand nine. There was a a rather large sized earthquake in the D.C., New Jersey, Virginia area. Oh. Um, it was something like a four or four point six or something like that. Something re- relatively unusual, and um, we uh, we actually lost our phone communications. We actually lost, um, you know, we actually lost the ability to um, to communicate with the congressional community. People were self evacuating. People were doing things that that you know may or may not have been the right thing to do, but hmm. there was no way to um, you know to to actually manage the, the situation at the time. So um, I found my way to the police command post, but um, a- as we were doing that, we uh, we initiated a program that I started that um, it's called the emergency radio, uh, you know, emergency radio procedures. And uh, we're able to communicate with the, the sergeant in arms himself, the deputies, um, as well as the chief of police who was running the operation outside of police headquarters uh, using these two-way radios until we got communications back. So it was wow. actually, uh, you know, a lot of decision-making, um, a lot of, uh, do we send people home? Do we not send people home? Do we, uh, you know, do we let people into buildings? Do we not let people into buildings? Um, uh, you know, uh, damage surveys, um, you know, accountability, all sorts of uh, all sorts of stuff that had to be dealt with. Wow, that's really cool. That that that's really really cool. Have you have you done anything like on that caliber since you've been in Israel, or it's it's not as large scale? You see, I, unfortunately, the army does a good job of training all these people, and since I'm not army trained, um, I can't compete with any of these people here. The, the, Right. The biggest thing that I've, the biggest thing that we've done was a uh, Arab Pesach three years ago. We had a, a, a child, um, an autistic child, who was um, who walked away from his mother in Ramah Aleph, and um, we spent the entire the, the call came in I think at ten o'clock to our hotline ten thirty, at four o'clock or five o'clock in the afternoon on Arab Pesach, the child was found. Oh my! Um, and, and he was he wasn't just found. He was found in in. You know, knee deep in mud, oh, I... in a construction site, um, and they only found him because he was he was screaming, he was he was uh, you know he was crying. So um, you know that that was quite a big operation. We had we had the help of uh, you know we usually work with the police on these things, but we had uh, we had the police, we had civilians, we had we had people come screaming in from everywhere um, to help to to look for this kid, and um, you know it, it was it was rather. You know, we initiated it, so I, I initiated the 
the sequence until the police got there and then they took over. But I still worked within the command post there and uh, it was it was very, uh, you know, it was, it was um, you know, and we all said, everyone there said, if we have to go into Pesach, we'll go into Pesach, you know? Wow. So, That's crazy. So speaking of which, you know, you said you can't, you said that situation like where it could have potentially gone into Pesach, it could have gone into Yom Tov. What would you do in such a situation? Like if, if you had like in, in, in terms of that situation, like what, what is, what do Hatzal volunteers and the police do in such a situation when, when you, when you're in the middle of a search and happens to come into Yom Tov and you still have all your stuff on you and everything like that, like, well, we, we um, you know, it's all, all that Pikuach Nefesh. Right. Um, we, we would continue until we found it. I, I mean, th- this is not even, you know, th- there's, there's kind of a, of a, um, uh, what am I, a principle called um, fear of Pikuach Nefesh or fear of uh, damage, you know, fear of, fear of, uh, you know, uh, life, life, um, uh, fear of, uh, you know, losing a life. And right. in this case, this case wasn't even uh, fear of losing life. This was this was a kid needed to be found. He was on medicine. He, you know, he he didn't. He, it was right. cold. It was relatively cold out. Right. So, um, so you know, we would have just kept going and going as we needed to. I mean, I actually ran home for a little bit to prepare the, uh, the, uh, <laughs> um, you know, the parts of the mara and whatever that I had that you know was my uh, right. every year's my responsibility. So. Oh, wow. I ran home during that time that I was home. I was getting ready for free I was going to go back. And wow. they, uh, they can I know her? That, 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 that's crazy. That, that is absolutely crazy. Now you said you're also an IT, you're an IT technician. How does, how does working, like, how does, how does being a hot volunteer, like stem with your family life? How do you, how do you guys separate personal and family? Meaning like, you never know when you're going to go out and call. You never know when you're going to get a call. You never know what could be doing. So how do you guys, how do you guys do it? So you know, a like lot of times, you, uh, you know, uh, there are times where, first of all, middle of the night is open game. Um, right. You know, Shabbos afternoon is, Shabbos, no, Friday night, Shabbos afternoon is really, the evening time is really open, you know, open availability. During uh, family time, you know, I, I usually have three or four hours of family time in the evening. Um, and I will either, if it's nearby, I'll ask my wife or I'll just not, you know, not go if, if you know if, if i'm not absolutely needed interesting so so you don't have to take every you, like there, there's so many volunteers that that you that you don't have to take take every single call correct we have we have 29 responders we're trying to open a course now corona's yeah. kind of gotten in the way right um we have another 15 or 17 if i remember correctly that are interested um that are interested in taking the course and some of them are from areas where we don't have good coverage. So we're, we're working out technical de- details. Um, hmm. we're, we're trying to do something that we've never done before. Which um, is? But it, uh, we're trying to give our own courses. Really? Uh, which, which is beneficial in many ways. And um, we're working with a, you know, with a health ministry. We have, you know, we have it mostly done. There's one step left that we're that we have, having a little bit you know, of a hard time. But as we say here, a hard time doesn't mean it, you know, blocks are meant to be jumped up Exactly. Ah, that's really interesting. That's really interesting. So you want to off so up until now you guys weren't offering your own courses. You were doing in conjunction with with Mata or you were, who were you? No, we, we we out I mean we hired someone to do it, but you know, ultimately it was a third party. Like right. this, we can bring in our own instructor. Um, it'll cost much, much less. 
Um, and for the guys that take the course, we, th there is a subsidy because we feel that, um, that when, you know, that if someone pays towards this accomplishment, it's much more grant, you know, if someone just takes it, there's no benefit to us. Right. So we put out however much it is. If we have, you know, partnership and paying with them, then they feel like they've invested something in it and, right. you know, we'll see the, the results from it. So we don't, you know, it's, it's very difficult to tell someone, you know, you're going to have to pay, uh, uh, X number of shackle versus, you know, a, a much lower number because we right. now, it. now from what I understand, you guys are very, like very particular on the type of volunteers you, you like to work with, like you like to have on board with you. Like you have a very specific type of like in a good way, not, yeah. not in an inclusive way, but in a very, in a good way that you like to have a specific type of, and you, you kind of answered my question over there when you said someone who's going to pay for the course is going to take it much more serious than some guy who comes through and just takes it just to have it as a, as like another notch on the, on the belt, you know, it, well, it, I'm, I'll, t I'll tell you the, the, the number one question that, you know, we have, we have a committee that, that meets everybody. Um, we recently changed the way that it works in that you can't take the course unless you're accepted. So you're always accepted first before. Mm. Um, so in that way you can go straight, uh, you know, straight into observing. But we, um, the, the one thing that they ask, the, the, the one question that's always asked is, will this person, will a patient feel comfortable with this person? Mm -hmm. And if they don't meet the, 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 there's a little, I guess they call it a rubric or a little, uh, you know, yeah. uh, um, uh, calculation. And if, if, someone doesn't meet the calculation for whatever the reason is, or maybe their home life isn't, uh, you know, isn't in order. They don't have a job, they, you know, or right. maybe Hatsala, maybe, you know, they're looking to use Hatsala as a thing, as, 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 a, uh, as an out, right. you know, for, for, to, to escape. These are things that we, we look at and we, you know, we try to, uh, we try to weed them out. Um, that makes sense. Investment. That makes a lot of sense because you plus, want... Plus you want someone, Plus, because of a high level of, of uh, labor and deliveries, specifically deliveries, we have you know at least one or two a month. Wow. Um, we uh, we you know obviously want someone who's who's married, um, right. someone who's mature, someone that can you know they can handle this kind of thing. And of course, if you know if you're uh, if you have an aversion to blood or gory right. thing, it's, it's not your your line of business. Not not your thing. <laughs> you said you guys you guys have you guys have a high number of deliveries. You guys you guys deliver babies in the ambulances. Well, we, we deliver babies at home. We deliver babies in ambulances. We deliver babies in the hospitals. Um, wow. Tell us a story. I, I can tell you that. I mean, we tell, had... Tell us um, a crazy story. We had two deliveries. at the, It was Yumtiv. It was either Shabbos or Yumtiv. I don't remember. And the first crew went out and stopped on the side of the road and mm -hmm. delivered a baby. And the next night, the same, a different crew delivered the same exact spot. A different baby, like literally wow. the same thing. Um, wow, we've had people reach the reach, you know, deliver in the elevator of, of Shari Tzedek. We've had people deliver um, in the, you know, in the uh, in the hallways of the hospital. Um, you know, there are times when ladies will deliver, will bring the, you know, will bring the person up, and um, you know, they'll for ease, they'll just uh, use our stretcher to to deliver, and they'll just deliver on our stretcher. Wow, um, so. You know that, that that's one of the problems of having, uh, you know, a, a hospital so far away. Is right. That um, is that, you know, sometimes ladies do uh, do right. miscalculate or don't understand. Right. You know how how their pregnancies work. Right. So so that that's actually a very um, 
interesting topic and a touchy subject for anybody who lives in Beit Shemesh or familiar with the, the Judean hills and area over here, that surprisingly enough with the growing population, um, there is no hospital. There, right, no hospital. It, it's we're, we're, we it's a bit pathetic if you think about it. Oh, it is. And you know what? Even if they started building a hospital today, and I, I do see them preparing the ground, I believe, right? It's going to be it's at least five years before there's a hospital you have to go through. First, there has to be, uh, you know, the hospital has to be, uh, be approved. The plan of the hospital has to be approved. The ground has to be approved. And then, you know, you have the health ministry and you have this and you have, the, right. you know, there's like 10 different sets of, uh, of, um, of authorizations that have to be given just in terms of it being a hospital, let alone the, uh, the construction right. stuff and all that. So right. you're not going to be seeing a hospital here for many, many years, at least not a full-fledged hospital. Right. No, 100%. That's very interesting. So so I take it you, you really enjoy what you do. It seems like you enjoy what yeah. you do. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, I get to interact with guys a lot. Um, we have a lot of stuff that's coming online. We're, we're just right now distributing, uh, moving to a new radio system. So we're distributing oh. new radios. Um, we have an ambulance that's in the literally probably this week although I can't say for sure this week, but within the next week um, is going to be released from the factory. That's amazing. Um, it's, already here in, it's already here in Israel, so it's just a matter of picking it up and um, uh, you know, getting, a few more, getting it inspected, a few more authorizations, and then we can put it on the road. That's um, amazing. We're looking at new software for the dispatchers. We, we've, we've recently um, made the, you know, reconfigured the office a little bit, um, new software, different things. To make it more, um, you know, more uh, uh, a better process altogether. Well, yeah, I mean that's what you want because every every minute counts. So Correct. if if everything is streamlined, every and then everything and everything is working in, in tangent with each other, every minute counts. That's amazing. Now, right. but, but also yeah. on the also on the administrative side, we've made some considerable changes mm-hmm. um, about how you know how things are done. So so really, we're becoming much more in tune with what's going on um and you know we're moving into we're let's put it this way we're moving into the 21st century um, there you go we were quasi, we were quasi there but uh, you know we, we um we started from you know a, a, a 90s or early 2000 organization um right. that that was kind of never built up so when i came five years ago um, yeah and i took a hiatus between um we rebranded we re, um, we, you know, we distributed radios. We got a real, uh, you know, um, uh, hotline. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of things. Uh, we got a motorcycle. Um, so a lot of things were put into place in the last five or six. Uh, I guess it's probably five years uh, that 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 really changed the way we worked and uh, you know who who we had responding to calls and uh, you know so. That's amazing. That's really amazing. I, yeah, it, it seems like you guys have great, made great strides in, 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 in becoming much bigger of an organization, much more established organization, and with a good reputation behind you. Now, before we end off, I just wanted to ask you, what takeaways would you give? What advice would you give to somebody who's looking to join Hatsala, who's interested in joining Hatsala or MADA or any sort of EMS response organization, whether it's here or in America or any country. As someone who's done this. 
make sure your family's behind you. Make sure your wife is behind you. Um, I've seen I've seen where people joined uh, Atzala and their wives. Uh, you know, have said, um, you know, we don't. You know, what are you doing? If you have available time, it should be in the house. Um, you know, stuff like that. So, so uh, you know, make sure your wife is always on board. Your family is on board. My kids happen to love it. My kids absolutely love the concept of Atzala. Um, and, uh, you know, my wife is okay with it too. So I'm careful with how I, uh, you know, with how I, um, speaking of which, it sounds like your radio is ringing. Yeah. We're, yeah. They're, uh, yeah. They're just finishing up that call. I told you about in the beginning. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, David, it was a pleasure to talk to you. It was a pleasure to get your, get your perspective on, on, on being a Hatzalah volunteer and understanding a little bit more into your role, not only as a volunteer, but as the crisis manager and, other, and the other things that you do. And it's really cool to get people's perspective. And I think your advice is definitely very sound, is that you, want, you got to make sure everyone's behind you on it, because if you're doing this for yourself, it's not going to work out so well. That's right. So. One, one, one other thing I want to say about Atzalavay Chemesh, which is yeah. unique, uh, which is, I believe, unique to almost all the Atzalavs, we have a, um, a proactive, um, we call it the MHP Mental Health Professional Program, where people who are in crisis will call the hotline, and wow. we, uh, you know, we, can, we can send specially trained emergency first responders, I'm sorry, emotional first responders, as well as a, a, a mental health professional to the scene and we've we've actually uh prevented um suicide we've prevented wow. we've helped people get into a facility that they need um a lot of our mhps are are you know familiar with people in the community so they're a great resource and you know they usually um the mhps usually know the people that they work with um you know there are other organizations that do have a a psycho trauma team but this is not really i mean we do that as well but it's not psycho trauma it's uh it's, right. um, it's emotional. It's more of an emotion, correct? That's amazing. Well, well, good on you. Kolakavod. And I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down with us to get a little bit more insight into your role, into your world as an EMT. And as we can continue with the show, um, every single week, part of it will be going in towards in more in depth, getting to know different volunteers from different organizations to get their perspective and get, get a better understanding of how they, how they view being on solo volunteer and the stories that they have. So David, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate your time. You've just listened to another great episode of the hot solo cast. If you like what you hear, subscribe to our show on all major podcasting platforms, like us on Facebook, Follow us on Instagram and stay tuned every week as we reveal a new episode of the Hot Solo Cast. And remember, if you need help, call your local EMS or Hot Solo organization. Stay safe and stay tuned.